Hi, I'm Sharon Lecter, and I am so delighted to be a guest on the Root of All Success podcast. Just imagine, you should listen to every episode, because the real Jason Duncan, has take, he takes the time to curate his guests to make sure that you're getting absolutely the best information that can help you take you from where you are today to where you want to go. And he pulled some things out of me that I don't normally talk about. So we talked about things that were my low points and my high points. And, you know, that's the route to success is usually not a straight line, ups and downs. But you accelerate your path by listening to people and learning from other people. So thank you, Jason, the real Jason Duncan, for inviting me to share this time with you. And I look forward to seeing everybody on the other side. Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Welcome to another episode. I'm The Real Jason Duncan. Man, I have a wonderful guest for you today. None other than Sharon Lecter. Sharon Lecter is an internationally recognized financial literacy expert. She is a keynote speaker. She's a business mentor. She's a five times New York Times bestselling author, and she has advised two U.S. presidents, both Bush and Obama, on financial literacy. So, um, but but I think what's really cool, what you're going to see in this show today, is that she is one of the co-authors of a book that you've probably heard of and read and thought it was amazing. And you had no idea she was involved in that project. And that's called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Robert Kiyosaki and Sharon Lecter are the authors of that book. But most people don't know that Sharon was involved in that. So we're going to talk about that story and what happened and why her face and name is not now on the book, but yet she was one of the authors. And she has a copy of the original. She'll show you if you're watching this on YouTube with her name on the front and her picture on the back. She also is very much involved in Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, the foundation, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, which if you've read anything and know anything about Think and Grow Rich, she is firmly entrenched in that whole uh, that whole uh, book series and everything around the Napoleon Hill Foundation, writing Three Feet from Gold. She was, a, she was responsible for the release of the book, Outwitting the Devil, which if you have ever heard of that from Napoleon Hill, one of the best ever. This lady today is a powerhouse. And it's an honor to have her on the show. Um, we're going to talk all about what she's accomplished and how many books she's written and what she's done. And it was a fantastic conversation that I can't wait to share with you. So please help me welcome to the show, Sharon Lecter. Hey, Sharon, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you. 
Well, I'm not as delighted as I am to know you and to be able to call you someone that I know and have on my show. We've spent um, not a whole lot of time together, but we've spoken on stages together in different parts of the country. And um, honestly, when I first met you, I, just the name Sharon Lecter, I had no idea who that was. It did, it did not resonate. But as you started talking, I'm like, I have to know who this person is. And then you obviously, as I said in the intro, there's quite a few things that you've accomplished in your life that most people would be impressed as I would to, was to know. So I'm honored that you're here. So thank you. Thank you so much for doing the show today. So let's talk about your books. I, you, I am a new author and you were so kind to endorse my new book, uh, Exit Without Exiting, which kind of fits into your your latest title, uh, Exit Rich, which I've got a copy of right here. For those of you watching on YouTube, go check this out. Exit Rich, the 6P method to sell your business for huge profit. Uh, so uh, Tucker and Lecter wrote this book. So let's talk about that one first because it kind of coincides with my stuff. And then I'm going to back into the first few books that you were a part of with the Rich Dad series, because I think a lot of people know about those and would love to know the back end story of that. So tell us about Exit Rich. Well, Exit Rich, and my husband and I have um, always worked together to support people in building strong businesses that are not just successful, but scalable and sustainable. So the vast majority of businesses, people build, they get their marketing, they get their distribution, but they don't focus on the foundation of the business. And so when they want to sell it, they find out they can't because they haven't gotten the right legal agreements. They haven't done what they needed to to get the system, the systems, and what they end up owning is a job, not a business. And I know you know you sing that song as well in your book, so it's really important for people to understand how to build it correctly and get that strong foundation, so that when you have the ability to scale, you can, and then when you have the ability to sell, somebody wants it. And they want to pay you for it, what you want to get for it. I mean, so many people, they think, I'm going to sell my business for $10 million, And somebody comes in, well, you don't have those agreements. So let's drop that price to seven. Or you haven't secured your intellectual property. So that's now five. And then they find out that, you know, some of your long-term contracts with your customers are non-transferable. And all of a sudden, you no longer have a saleable business. They walk away. So it's really important to do the basics to protect yourself, to get all those agreements in process and make sure that you have everything nailed down. And so you do it before you try and sell, make sure you've got everything, do your own due diligence before someone else does. Well, and I think that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs don't quite frankly ever think about until it's too late. Cause if you wait until you're ready mentally to sell, but your business is not ready, you're leaving tons of money on the table. Uh, so I, I like it. So exit rich, go check it out. Um, that is a good book and it's been endorsed by some big names, Brian Tracy, Les Brown, Jack Canfield, Tom Hopkins, but Mark Victor Hansen and Forbes Riley. That's uh, that's some heavy hitters right there, Sharon, you're walking in tall cotton there. That's good. That's good stuff. All right. So your, your first, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's not your first book, but you were involved in co-authoring a book called rich dad, Poor Dad, probably if not the most famous, well-known book in of entrepreneurs about finances and money. So I'm really I've heard you tell this story, but most people have never heard it. I'd never heard it until I met you in person here in Nashville. Um, how did you come about 
writing that book and being a part of that project? Well, my dedication to financial literacy was um, is pretty much been lifelong. I realized early on in my career as a CPA that I had been given the gift of understanding and learning about money um, from a very young age. We talked about assets and cash flow and appreciation at the dinner table. And very few people um, understand the power and the need for buying, building, creating assets. And so I started sharing that information just as a mentor and as an advisor. But then my oldest son went off to college in 1992, went left in September, came home in December in credit card debt. We didn't even know I had credit cards. He got to college and there was free pizza, free money, free t-shirt, free money. So he had a really good time his first semester in college <laughs> until the bills came due. So he came home at Christmas time and asked us to bail him out. Now, we haven't always made the right parenting decisions, but we did then. We wouldn't bail him out. It took him a long time to get himself out of debt. But that was December of 1992, and that's when I dedicated the rest of my career to financial literacy, financial education, because I thought I had taught him what my parents taught me, but we didn't know he had credit cards. And so it was like, okay, we got we have to get this education out there. And so I started working with school systems. My hair used to be red. But if you've ever worked with schools, that's why it's white now. And uh, fast forward a few years, my husband is an intellectual property attorney. And he called me one day. And um, I always, particularly female audiences, I go, you know, he called me one day. And he says, Sharon, I met a man that has what you've been looking for. So I say, <laughs> ladies, what would you do if your husband called you? And I said, okay, honey, that sounds kind of kinky. What is this? And this guy had come into his office in flip-flops and Bermuda shorts with an idea for a board game drawn out on a piece of paper with crayons, but it was teaching people about money, teaching people about buying, building, and creating assets. So it was exactly the same thing I was teaching. And so I met Robert Kiyosaki at the first beta test of the board game Cashflow. And at the time, I was the only one in the room that got out of the rat race, but I loved it. And I volunteered just as a friend to help him commercialize it because I had just sold with um, the company that I was working with, that I expanded the talking children's book industry around the world and had just sold that and moved to Arizona. So I had all the connections to help him commercialize what he wanted to do with the game. And during that process, he told me he was going to charge $200. Now we're talking 1996, $200 for board game. I said, you know, Robert, it's a little pricey, but um, maybe you should write a brochure for on, you know, explaining why you created this game and that that brochure can be inexpensive and convince people they want to invest the money. And that's when he asked me to be his partner. And together we wrote the brochure, which was Rich Dad Poor Dad. We never expected to take on a life of its own. And this is a, the original edition of Rich Dad Poor Dad. You can see, you know, we had all kinds of fun things on the back. And yeah, much different hairstyle back then. <laughs> it still had a little red in it back then. Um, but uh, that started a 10-year partnership. Um, we co-owned the company and co-authored 15 books together. I launched a second series of books called Rich Dad Advisor. And we just kind of took the world by storm before Amazon, believe it or not, before the internet. And we ended up in over 50 languages in over 100 countries. And so we built really the largest personal finance brand in the world. 
because it was the right message at the right time. And it was teaching people what they never learned before, the importance of buying, building, creating income producing assets. You know, they, they say, I don't know who they are, but behind every successful man is a, as a successful woman. Uh, and I think that that does, does not necessarily apply to this situation, but nevertheless, I think it does because when I, when I knew about rich dad, poor dad, the book, uh, of course I have, I've read the book and I love the book. I mean, it's, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't like the book, but I had never heard of your name connected to it. And so to learn that you were connected to it, it's like, wait a minute. So Robert, that Robert didn't sit down, write that by himself. That's there's a, there was somebody else involved who's no longer, well, associated with the book in terms of her face is not on the book anymore, but you were in fact, the author of that book, you were the co-author of that book. Yeah. 15 of the rich dad books we wrote together. So that, so the, the, there's really the trilogy of the first three, right? You got rich yeah. dad, poor dad, cash flow quadrant, and then, um, rich dad's guide to investing. And it was truly, we thought that would be our trilogy and we'd be done, but, uh, oh no, people wanted more. So we kept writing. So what, uh, so how much of those, um, well, before, before I ask that question, this is a, we, we've, we have the cash flow game. I bought it and played with my family and we, we want to do this again. This is really a very clever game that teaches a really good, uh, good thing. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you got to go check out this game and it's not $200 anymore. You can get it for less than a hundred in most places. I think it's like 60 or 80, but it's still an expensive board game. It's a lot more expensive than Monopoly. I mean, how much of that content about the dads, the two dads was actually Robert's experience versus your experience as a co-author versus concepts to teach? Cause the whole book is based on these, these two characters that influenced in the story, him to live life or th think about things differently. Sure. Well, the, the basic storyline of rich dad, poor dad was um, true from a standpoint of Robert's natural father, biological father was the poor dad. He became the head of education in the state of Hawaii. And then his rich dad was the father of his best friend who did not have a college education, ended up becoming a, a real estate mogul and one of the richest people in, in Hawaii. And so he and his best friend, he talked some of the stories he talks about in the book are very true. Now, as we continued writing new books, and even in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, there's a lot of stuff that I learned from my father and that was added into the books as we went through. But the whole concept, when you hear Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you automatically say, my dad was rich dad or my dad was poor dad. So it's, it automatically engages the reader in wanting to read more and understand more. So it was a definitely a labor of love writing 15 books in 10 years, but um, it was definitely helped us build this this library of personal financial education. So what happened? I mean, why is your name now not on the book? I mean, I know that's probably not a very, that's kind of a sensitive topic, but. Well, in 2007, 10 years into our partnership or owning the company together, we were partners and I was a CEO of the company. Um, we were no longer aligned. And I had, I made a decision that I needed to stand in my own personal mission and stand in the truth. He wanted to go into franchising, which was a great model for us financially, but not for the franchisees. And my personal mission was to 
help people take control of their financial life and elevate their finances with cost affording um, information and very affordable. And so, and our relationship had soured somewhat. And I, you know, so I made the decision to leave in March of 2007. And um, it was amicable for about 60 days until the valuation of our company came in. And then, and then it got stressful and then we ended up in litigation. We settled in, in, um, in 2008. And as part of that, he, you know, my name and picture was supposed to stay on the books, but that didn't happen. And um, I'm okay. I'm not going to, I'm not going to invite negativity into my life. So I know he knows the people that, you know, were around know the, the contribution and what I well, do to support. And, and, and now the world knows because they're listening to the root of all success. So you now have heard it from the, the a horse's mouth, as they say, this is the lady who is involved in this in the beginning, obviously he came to you with a concept. You guys partnered up. You helped him write all those fifteen books. But I want to I want to pivot just a little bit a little bit because um, I love the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. I love Cashflow Quadrant. I have not read the third one to be complete on completely honest. Um, but I'm a big fan of the whole concept that's taught through that. All the philosophies I think are 100 percent on point. So you you guys did fantastic work there. But I want to pivot the conversation to 08. You've left now. You're not working with Robert. You're now kind of doing your own own thing outside of that 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 uh, environment. But then the Napoleon Hill Foundation reaches out to you and says, "Hey, uh, we want to revive Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill's writings." Tell me about how that started because I I am a huge fan of Napoleon Hill and the Napoleon Hill Foundation. I read everything they put out. I watch all the videos of the Master Key Society. Like I'm 100 percent all in. So how did they know of you and decide to bring you into that as a, as a person? Sure. Well, thanks for that question. Yeah. Let me, let me take a step back first, because I always tell people when they're watching this and when you're hearing me tell my story, I want you to apply it to your own life. Sometimes you have to close a door in your life. So other doors of opportunity will open. So had I not left Rich Dad, I wouldn't have gotten a call from the Fountain of Poland Hill Foundation nor would I have gotten the call from President Bush. So the first thing that happened was I closed the door, went into this, you know, this battle, but not knowing what was in front of me, I thought my legacy was rich dead. And it's like, okay, now, now, now what? What am I going to do now? And a few months later, I got the phone call asking me to be a presidential advisor to President Bush and later to Obama. And I wouldn't have gotten that call had I still been at rich dead. And then in March of 08, one year after I left Rich Dad, um, Don Green, the CEO of the uh, Napoleon Hill Foundation, called me because he and I were friends. We knew each other through book fairs. And, you know, I've always been a big fan. I read Think Birds when I was 19. And he's just an incredibly wonderful, um, quintessential Southern gentleman from from Virginia. He's just an incredible man. So we had become friends. And when he found out that I left Rich Dad, he called me and asked me to step into the Three Feet from Gold project. And that, I mean, oh, what a gift. I just built the largest personal finance brand. And then to be asked to step in the world's largest personal development brand was just an incredible honor and and an incredible responsibility. But it really gave such validation both being on the Presence Advisor Council and being invited into the foundation to support them, 
was great validation to me as an individual with a talent and with an expertise. And it allowed me to say, okay, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is part of my legacy, but it's not, it's not, there's more. And so it gave me the opportunity to feel better about myself, to fine tune my skills, to be able to reach a broader audience. And it was an incredible honor. Three Feet from Gold came out in the same month we released that is when they called me with this transcript that had been hidden away for 73 years called Outwitting the Devil. And then as we were releasing that, thinking we're rich for women and then success and something greater. So it's just been a, a great working relationship and one that it's just been one of mutual, mutual appreciation, love and support. Uh, a real so gift. I have been, um, I've been trying to get in touch with Don for quite some time, actually probably seven, eight months. Um, the, the, the sound wisdom, um, the publishing company for the Pulling Hill foundation yeah. sound wisdom. So I've David, I think is his name, the guy that in charge of that anyway. Yes. So David, I'm gonna, I, I got to give them props. And since you're related, I think it's an appropriate story for me to tell. I, I, I do not buy things on Amazon, even though my book is out there because Amazon and I have a, have a relationship. They owe me money and won't pay me back. That's a whole nother story. But so when I found out about outwitting the devil, which I, I want to talk about that book in a minute too. Cause, and I want to talk about three feet from gold. Cause it's all, it's all gold. It's all really good stuff. I reached out to the Napoleon Hill foundation because they had the outwitting the devil and the, the think and grow rich books that I wanted to get. And I, and I sent an email and said, Hey, I'd like to buy these, but it looks like the only place you sell them is on Amazon. I don't buy from Amazon. Can you help me? And he goes, just send me your address and I will send them to you. I'm like, that was not what I was asking for, but that was awesome. So he sent me, that winning the devil action guide. And he sent me a, the original version of the think and grow Rich, the original transcript or, or the original version. But, uh, so then I reached back out to Dave and said, I would love to interview you. Cause I just thought he was with the foundation and he goes, you need to talk to Don. So I've been trying to get in touch with Don. I'd love to interview Don on the show, but let's talk. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy well, I wasn't fishing for that, but I'll take it. <laughs> so, but, but, uh, so I would, just, I teach the power of association. All of my success in my life has been through making sure I had the right people around me, the right mentors, the right, uh, you want to have people on your team that are strong where you are weak. And I'm happy to. Well, honored. And thank you. And, and I, and what I, what I'm realizing, even in the moment, although I kind of knew this, I'm just realizing as we're talking here, how pivotal your work has been in my life. And I didn't even realize it because of the rich dad connection. And I'm, I'm, you know, eyeballs deep into all of the Napoleon Hill, everything that he teaches. So outwitting the devil, I want to talk a little bit about that because I don't, most people might've heard, but they don't know that that book was hidden for 70 plus years before it was released. It was written in 1938, 1938. And he released Think and Grow Rich, which was a 25 year project um, in 1937. And he was frustrated when he released it. And he actually added the last chapter, The Six Ghosts of Fear, because he said, here I am giving you the thesis of success. It's like the doctoral paper on success. And you're going to read it and you're probably not going to do anything. You know, he said, people have the information, but they don't act on it. And so he, and he said, even for himself, he was not at the level of success he should have been, been given the fact of all the things that he knew, because he interviewed the most successful men in the world. And 
1938, he sat down and wrote this book called Outwitting the Devil. And it's really an inter interrogation of the devil. And he can say, you can believe I'm talking to the real devil or a man-made devil, meaning myself, what's going on up here. Um, the question is whether you'll derive any benefit from what I share. And he goes into, he, he attacks every taboo there is, sex, politics, religion, education, cigarettes, alcohol. I mean, I probably missed a few, but it, diet. I, amazing, a man before his time. But his wife worked for the Presbyterian College, and she was scared to death of the title. So she forbid it to be published, so got locked away in the vault. And he died in 1970. She died in the 1990s, and but her sister had it until just a, a year or two before we published it, and that's when it was turned over to the foundation. And they, I remember the month we released Three Feet from Gold. Don called me and said, "Sharon, I have this manuscript. I don't know what to do with it." And so he he, he sent it to me, and literally. If you look at the first page, you'll see one of the type, the whole thing was typed on a manual typewriter and had handwritten notes from Napoleon Hill wow. in the margins. So it was as if I was having a conversation with him. And so I went over to the beach where I do all my writing and have the ocean in the background. And I, I literally poured through it in about two hours and I was so moved and so, um, unbelievably impacted by reading the book that I said, this has to get out. This has to get out because of what, and it never even more so important than it is today. And I do believe that it was not released in 1938 for a reason. I think there was a greater power because I think it might've stunted the impact of Think and Grow Rich. And it truly is so much more important for people today because it talks about how we allow fear to hold us back. And fear can either paralyze us or motivate us. And 98% of the people he talks about are paralyzed by fear. And they're drifters. This concept of drifting is huge. You know, go, they go with the flow. They, they're reactive, not proactive. They don't use their own mind. They don't have a definite purpose. And they coast through life. And I'm sure everybody watching, listening to this can, you already have thought of somebody you know that qualifies as a drifter. Well, that book, uh, I stumbled across that book, at, at the audio version on YouTube and listened to the whole thing in like one setting. And I was just blown away. This is so, this is even, I think it was before I even read Think and Grow Rich all the way through. I think I read that one for, or listened to that one first. Well, I'll make you part of the younger generation because that's exactly what's happening, um, you know, at the time when they asked me to get involved with them, many young people didn't know who Napoleon Hill was or had never heard of Think and Grow Rich. And so Outwitting the Devil has allowed us to really impact younger generations. And so they read that. And in fact, I made them get two different actors for the voices in the audio because they said the devil's got to sound grovelly. And I have people call me all the time. I had to pull off the side of the road. The guy scared me to death. But um, it was quite quite the impactful way to do it and the a lot of younger people today listen or read to outwitting the devil and then go back well i think that's what happened for me because i i picked up think and grow rich probably eight or nine years ago for the first time i'd heard of it probably for 10 or 15 before then i just i didn't pick it up i didn't i didn't know so i started to read it and honestly sharon i got to i got to a place in that book early into the book probably within the first three or four chapters 
and it hit me wrong. I, I just, it felt to me not wrong, wrong, not in, not in like eternally wrong, but I just couldn't this name it, claim it is way I saw it. And I think my religious filter was in the way. And so I put it down and didn't go back to it. And then I listened to Outwitting the Devil. And that is what sparked like, oh, this is good. This is really good. And then I went back and that's when I contacted Sound Wisdom. said, please send me, a, you know, I want to order this book. And uh, Sharon, it is, is completely, completely changed my life. And the Outwitting the Devil Action Guide, I bought a copy and went through it with my son who's 22. We spent about three months going through it together, meeting every week and going through a couple chapters it's changing his life, changing my life. It is so phenomenally good. And I can't believe that I'm talking to the lady who was involved in that project and brought that to life. So thank you for, for doing that. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, Story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because Story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that's story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. I love talking about this sponsor because it's oftentimes a lot of people talk about sponsors on their shows or have sponsors and they either don't use them or they might've used them once and they're not really in love with it. They just take their money. (laughs) And, And certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But this sponsor, this one of my sponsors of the podcast is Story, S T O R Y Y. Two whys, why? Because they're awesome. If you've ever wondered how these influencers do their Instagram reels and their TikToks and their YouTube shorts to look so amazing where they've got the zoom cuts and the pop-ups and the on-screen illustrations, whether it's cartoons or actual images or videos that get 
responses that people go, ooh, I want to talk to that. If you want to know how people do that, that is exactly what Story does. They take your videos and they make you look like an influencer. They make you become an influencer. And they will post it for you. They'll write the captions. They'll add the relevant hashtags. They put it on the platforms that you care about the most. And after that content's posted, they take it even one step further to boost it to your past clients, your leads, or anyone that you want to target. And they even have someone log into your social media profile to engage with other people's posts, to drive engagement on your profile. Story truly takes the headache away from doing social media content from start to finish. And they have a mission to help people nurture and cultivate their relationships by sharing your message digitally. And they even have an app that makes it easy to upload your content and track everywhere your video is at. And I've been using them for a long time. And I told them, I said, look, guys, I love what you're doing. I want to recommend you to everybody. You need to be a sponsor of my podcast. And so they're a co-sponsor of this podcast. And they're also the exclusive sponsor of my live webinar series, Entrepreneur Master Series, because they're that good. I tell everybody about them. So go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story to learn more. And that's therealjasonduncan.com slash story, S-T-O-R-Y-Y. Why are there two Ys? Because they're awesome. You'll get 10% off your first three months if you go to that link, therealjasonduncan.com slash story. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. It was, and it, you, know, you sometimes do things and you think this is the right thing to do, but you don't, I mean, Rich Dad was that way. Rich Dad, poor Dad. We had no idea the impact it was going to have on the world. We knew what we wanted it to do, but, you know, it went to heights greater than we could have anticipated. And it's the same thing without winning the devil. You know, it, I remember when he first sent it to me, I was still in the midst of litigation. So I'm getting this this draft out, winning the double. My daughter's a minister. And she says, Mom, I got to pray over you. And I said, yeah, please do. <laughs> I went to the ocean to read it. And I said, okay, I'm what what if this paints a target on my back, so be it. This This information has to get out. And I will tell you that one of the most surprising things, because, you know, I'm a Christian and if you read the book, you know that it is not at all anything that should challenge True. anybody of faith. And yet we had a couple, we had Christian churches a, a, around the world seizing it and sharing it and doing studies. But every once in a while, I'd get pushback from somebody because they they felt that it was, you know, just anti-Christian. And it's like, did you read it? You know, and invariably the answer is no. So Again, it was almost like they were proving the point yeah. of the book is that we, you know, when you go into life with a negative attitude and fear-based, you're not going to attract positive results. So it's like, okay, all right, I got that. You know, they're, they're pushing back on me because they're actually living that principle of when it came, when it talks about religion, Jason, I grew up, literally grew up. I practically was in the, at the church every day of my life um, in the Southern Baptist church. And on Sundays, fire and brimstone, I just knew I was going to hell with it. You know, if you smile, you dance, you, you know, laugh, you're in trouble. And yet the youth minister was full of love and light and love of Jesus. And so when I read the book and it talks about your, your religion, did you learn your religion through fear 
or faith. And it's like, for me, it's like totally defined my experience in growing up. And it's like, okay, so if you learn it through fear, it embeds that fear in you and your life is colored by that fear. If, if you learn it through faith and giving in abundance, that impacts you in a positive way. Well, I don't think that there could be a better combination of books uh, than Rich Dad, Poor Dad on the financial things and how you can set your life up for success financially with the Rich Dad concepts combined with the, the mental fortitude and the positive mental attitude and the mindset that Napoleon Hill's books talk about with think and grow rich and then outwitting the devil and three feet from gold. So like, this is, this is the combination of the best sources of financial and just success concepts pulled into the same beautiful lady that we're talking to today. So, um, this is, this is, this is, this is really great. Let's talk about the three feet from gold, but tell the story because the book is named after a true story that Napoleon tells in think or grow rich about a person who experienced the three feet from gold. Tell that version of the story. And then let's talk about how the book came about. Certainly in the original book, thinking grow rich, Napoleon Hill tells a story about, are you Darby, a young man who went out West during the gold rush, determined to find his fortune in gold, borrowed money from family members, got out West, staked his claim, went out, actually discovered gold. It was high quality. He was so excited, went back home, borrowed more money so he could actually build the mine and went back and started going and it was great. And then no more gold. He ran out of gold and he got frustrated, threw up his hands, sold his mind to the junk man in town and went back home to the East. And then the junk man who had been studying gold mining for many, many years, had all the right people that he knew, the engineers, the miners, you know, the people that could test it, went out and the, the engineer said, he just punched right through the vein. If you go back three feet, you're going to hit, and he did hit one of the largest gold veins in history at that time. And it was understanding what you're doing, having the right experts. And are you Derby? Are you Darby back East learned about this? And yet he probably was upset, but he didn't, he wasn't in anger. He said, I will never again stop three feet from gold. And he went on to build a very large insurance company, became very successful. But that story in the original Think and Grow Rich book is what we use to kick off Three Feet from Gold, which is all about perseverance. Because we were, again, talking about what was going on in 07 and 08, where many companies went under, but those that survived, how what was the mental fortitude they had? And so in Three Feet from Gold, we share the personal success equation, which I still use on every interview, every speech. I've done it three times today already because I've had that many interviews already. Um, and it's your P plus T, which is your passion and your talent. And for me, my passion was anger that we weren't teaching kids about money. My talent was 35 years as a CEA and CPA and many years as a, as a publisher in writing. I could combine that. but And most of us stop there because we think we have to do everything on our own. But true success comes from having your passion and your talent and then finding the right associations. 
you are a new association for me, relatively new, and I'm excited about it. And imagine what we can do together by supporting each other. Passion plus talent times association, having the right people on your team, people who are strong where you are weak, having a mentor, somebody that has been where you want to go so they can accelerate your success. And then times a action. How many times do we know what we're supposed to do? We just don't do it. You know, we have to take action. And that's the think and grow rich people think, well, you're just going to sit there and, you know, hope for good things and you're going to be showered with results. No, Napoleon Hill talks about go the extra mile, um, work and live with enthusiasm. So he talks about doing, you know, do, putting in all your effort, passion plus talent times association times action. And we almost went to press that way, but I said, there's still something that sets these people we're interviewing apart. And it was take it all and then plus faith, faith in themselves, faith in what they're doing, faith that it's needed and necessary and faith that they will succeed. And that is the basis formula for success of everybody, every company. And, but most of us, particularly I have high level mentoring clients and I go through this formula and it's usually the faith that is really fear and the power of association that they have stopped expanding, stopped going to new audiences that need the most work. And when you have the right people around you, the right mentor, and you have a bad day, they won't let you stay there. They bring you back up. And so examine your associations. Who do you need to get to the next level? Maybe the mentor who got you to where you are today is not the mentor that can get you where you want to go. And faith. And if your faith is questioned, it's going to impact everybody in your organization. So you need to reestablish that faith and confidence by getting the right mentor. So how do you define the word success? Love that question. Because you would think the fact that I'm a financial literacy expert would have something to do with money, but it doesn't. My definition of success is how you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. It's as simple as that. All right. And so what does that mean? Do you have to feel... Uh, a certain way to be successful? You feel like you've been a good servant. I mean, you may not be a Christian, but you might have a higher power. Do you feel like you've been a good person? Growing up, my father, who was not a Christian, would ask me every night, have you added value to someone's life today? So when you look in the mirror, do you feel like you've been a contributing member to society? Do you feel proud of your character? Are you, do you feel proud of your accomplishments? Um, are you proud of how you treat your family and your friends? So success is truly living a life of significance, not just money. So success. if you, uh, by that definition, would you consider yourself to be a successful person? Yes. I love it. Yeah. I am absolutely blessed with the people in my life. I absolutely am so uh, honored with my family, my friends. Now, I lost my youngest son 10 years ago and I would never have survived it had it not been for the my friends and my associations around me that kept my head above water for a long time. You're, um, if you think back to your, your very successful career, you know, as a CPA, we didn't really talk about that, but I assume you were successful as a CPA. And then the whole thing with you know, getting in, involved with Robert Kiyosaki with Rich Dad and then get involved with Napoleon Hill. There's there's these series and chains of success. But as you look back, 
could you, the, the, the title of the show is called the root of all success. So what would you say is the root of what allowed you to grow into such a successful person? The power of association. You know, I, I learned early on, in fact, I'm going to reach and grab something because I had this for an earlier talk. These are the books that I started. We built this industry around the world. And before that, I had built a successful woman's magazine. And so the, those successes helped me learn about publishing, production, manufacturing, but more importantly, about the power of association. Because when we started this, kids, I know it's hard to believe, but they didn't have screen times. They didn't have screen and they didn't have electronics. And so we are this little company creating this electronic book. And we said, how can we get parents to trust us? And it was through aligning with little companies like Disney, Warner Brothers, Sesame Street, and Marvel Comics. I mean, we were on the first wave of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? So in doing that, I learned so much about it. And I said, you know, next time I build a company, instead of me having to write big checks to Disney, Warner Brothers, and Marvel Comics, I want to build a brand and a company where people want to work with us. They write me checks. And so that's what I did with Rich Dad. We built it, established our brand, got to our level of success, earned the right to where people were coming to us wanting to. Um, so we were able to use other people's money, time and resources. When we wanted infomercials, Time Life came to us. They paid us to spend their money and their people and their time to do a high-end infomercial and to use their systems to sell it. And we got checks, loved it. Same thing with our um, coaching. I didn't want to build my own coaching floor, my own software system. I found the top coaching company and had them create a rich dad environment where we train the teachers, but we use their systems and they did all the management. So I just had to work CEO to CEO, which is a beautiful thing. They had to deal with all the day, daily, you know, day's time stuff. We just had to make sure we had very strong licensing agreements with quality controls that we could monitor it and make sure it maintained the, the level of quality that we decided needed. The book, 50, over 50 publishers around the world took what we wrote and put it in their language and they did all the work about marketing, distributing everything. You know, we have our, my books, both Rich Dad and Napoleon Hill were, are, are in over 110 countries. Now, I personally have been to 70 countries, which is a lot, but I haven't been to the other 40, and yet the books are there, and many of them are bestsellers because it's the right message for the time for the yeah. people that wow. are there. Wow. Such a wonderful, wonderful story. I don't know. If power I of association. That would... got me on, I, got, I got on a roll. <laughs> the power of association. And that's what's interesting, too, because. You know, I'm uh, we are only on this show today because of the power of association, because I was associated with somebody that you knew you were invited to speak at that event. I show up as a uh, an MC at that event, and that's how I ended up meeting you. And then we were on a stage together in Denver and we, we you know, we that, that our association has kept this uh, this relationship alive to get to the point where I can share what I think are the crazy good stories behind Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Napoleon Hill stuff. So. Yes, the power of association. So, what is the 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 a question? Your your oldest son is the one who came back with credit card debt, right? What's his name? All right. So, Philip. So, does credit does Philip have credit card debt today? 
no, no. He's as passionate as I am, and he's he does very, very well. He's running a company that uh, logistics, and he still does teaching. He's an incredible, incredible coach. So proud of him. He does a lot of programs with Boeing and leadership type program presentation skills. In addition to to being um, one of the top people in the company that that he's working so, with right now. So, so as bad as it was for him to go off to his freshman year of college and get that credit card debt, if he hadn't have done it, we wouldn't be talking today, probably, right? <laughs> uh, probably not. Yeah. Isn't it, you know, in every adversity, there's the seed of the equivalent benefit. That's what Napoleon talks about. And thank you, Go Rich. I tell people, people always ask me, you know, what's the worst business mistake you ever made? And when I left public accounting, I did it not because I wasn't successful or happy. I was. I just wasn't in control of my life because all the hours. And I had a client invite me to go with him. He was buying a company out of bankruptcy. And I went back to my condo and did the old pros and cons on a yellow legal pad because this is before PCs, before cell phones. So old legal, you may not remember them, but yellow legal pads, pen and paper and pros and cons didn't help me a bit because I could argue both sides. But my hand took off and wrote across the top of the page, why not? And that's really still my philosophy today. Why not do something different? Why not take a path less traveled? Why not solve a problem? Why not serve a need? Why not be in control of your life? Why not be the CEO of your life? So I made the decision to leave public accounting with this client. And I got to this company within a few short weeks. I realized it was a terrible mistake. I found all kinds of corruption and craziness in the accounting. And I literally ran away for a few days to kind of calm down and say, what am I going to do? I'm this newly minted CPA now scared to death. I'm going to lose my license because of the stuff that I found in the company. And I, you know, I just kind of calmed down said, okay, I have to, I have to leave. I don't know what's next. Another closing one door, not knowing what was in front of me. So I came back from my few days off and they were in the company had been in a bunch of litigation because they had been in bankruptcy, nothing I had anything to do with, but they waited for me to come back to look through my office on discovery in this lawsuit. And the young man, I tell people, I met my husband when he was going through my drawers because it's a very true (laughs) statement. He was in my desk chair going through my desk um, and I was on the uh, guest side and it was love at first sight, electric handshake, and we've been together ever since, 43 years. <laughs> so a perfect example of Napoleon Hills, every adversity creates a seed of an equal or greater benefit. My worst business decision gave me my best life decision. That is so good. That is such such a good story. So um, what is the what is the archives? Uh, is there anything left that's 70, 80 years old in the Napoleon Hill archives that yet still hasn't been released that you know about and you can tease us with that's coming? Yes, they have. I mean, it, you talk about prolific. It's amazing all the things that Napoleon Hill did. He actually was the original editor of Success Magazine. And he had a magazine before that. So there's tremendous. Mental Dynamite was a series he wrote that really didn't get much play years and years ago. And um, the foundation has reissued, I don't know if they've completed the series yet, but they've started reissuing the Mental Dynamite uh, series of books. 
And um, yeah, they just continue to uncover things from. Well, I mean, he worked for 25 years on that project and interviewed 500 plus people. That doesn't just produce a book. (laughs) There's a lot more to it than just a single book, even though that book is probably the most impactful book ever written, um, you know, in our, in our lifetimes. Well, Think and Grow Rich was actually a, a, uh, edited version of the law of success, which was much longer with the original work that he wrote. And you can still get the original work as well, but Think and Grow Rich was the, like I said, the term paper, the thesis. Yeah. Of success. Well, I, uh, just, uh, I've discovered not too long ago, Napoleon Hill's Chicago lectures on 1954 on YouTube. It's like 10 and a half hours. I listened to the whole thing and, uh, my intern, Justin, is behind and that tells you something. That's the year I was born. Oh, okay. Justin. So that's 69 years ago. <laughs> well, I'm going through that, digging through it and really kind of categorizing the points because it, it is, it is what I teach my clients. I mean, obviously he didn't originate the concepts. I didn't originate them, but the, I, I love how succinct they are. And I love, and that's what be, uh, great authors like you have done is they, you take these complex concepts and you put them in ways that we can understand. So thank you for doing that, for being a part of rich dad, for being a part of the Napoleon Hill saga as it, cont- it continues and carries on. Cause both of those books have been very pivotal, not only in my life, but in the lives of millions and millions of other people. So, uh, Sharon, it's been a, it's been a fantastic time talking with you. Uh, I know this has been a long time coming. We've tried to get this scheduled for a long time. I'm finally glad that we are. I'm glad that we finally were able to do it. I'm going to give everybody the access to you. So it says you could go here to SharonLector.com and it's L-E-C-H-T-E-R, L-E-C-H-T-E-R, SharonLector.com. She's also on Facebook at author Sharon Lecter. She's on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at just Sharon Lecter. Just look up Sharon Lecter. And you've got a, an offer on a personal success equation. Would you like to talk a little bit about that? Well, certainly. When we did the personal success equation and three feet from goal, I said, you know, we want, I kind of did a workbook. It's an ebook that helps you walk through your personal success equation and it's free. And it's at personalsuccessequation.com or you can get to it through my site if you forget that, personalsuccessequation.com. And it walks you through your passion, your talent. You know, sometimes we don't know what our passion is. And a lot of times you, you hear, do what you love, love what you do. Well, for me, my passion came from anger. And I kind of, that's what generates, you know, I take action when I get mad about something. You know, not everybody's, they want to do what they love. So passion plus talent. And then looking through at your associations and helping you say, you know, who do I really need to help me get to the next level? Who do I need need in my circle that's going to put me in a position of greatest and highest potential? And then taking action. And then, of course, that confidence in yourself. Well, I want everybody to go check that out. PersonalSuccessEquation.com. Sharon, it's such a pleasure to know you and to get the real scoop on the stories that we've talked about today. So it's an honor. Thank you for being here. And I wish you continued success. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you all for um watching and listening to this segment. And I appreciate you very much. The real Jason Duncan, making sure that this show is available to you all. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur about her journey to success and what she's been involved in is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I count the, the rich dad, poor dad book. Now this book is obviously this copy is the one with just his face and name on it. It doesn't have her face and name on it, but she is actually one of the authors as we talked about. I count that book. And the Think and Grow Rich book is two of the best books I've ever read.
period, bar none. Those are absolutely amazing. And she is involved in both of those. Now, Think and Grow Rich, of course, not so much the actual book, but the foundation and all the other stuff that they're releasing as a result of the success of Think and Grow Rich. She's involved in that. So go take a look at Sharon. And remember, she's offering that personalsuccessequation.com. You can go get your personal success equation for free there at personalsuccessequation.com. Go follow Sharon at Sharon Lecter on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or on Facebook at author Sharon Lecter. And I also want to say, um, I'm very happy to note that if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see this is a copy of my book, Exit Without Exiting. And if you look on the very back, on the back cover, and if you look on the back cover, you can see Sharon Lecter endorsed my book. And here's what she said about it. She said, in Exit Without Exiting, Jason Duncan introduces the exit lifestyle. He shares how to create and build a successful business that allows you to transition from owner-operator to owner-investor while maintaining profitability and continuing to generate enough cash flow for you to live the life you choose. When you can exit without exiting, you have financial freedom, but even more importantly, freedom of your time. It is an important read for every entrepreneur, says Sharon Lecter. And if you just listen to the show, you got to do what that lady says. Go pick up a copy of Exit Without Exiting at therealjasonduncan.com slash book. Please tune in again next time when I talk with yet another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. And until then, I am The Real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.